Greetings. This is Jacqueline Lowe from Grace That Reigns. Welcome to our winter series called Fall Into the Light. From January to April, we will offer powerful and amazing testimonies of how God helps to reveal His wonder to us and how our own sense of wonder can be renewed. Today, I am starting with a very special guest, my father, Michael Lowe. My father had just retired and bought himself a coffee and muffins franchise, and everyone who was anyone would come for his muffins and coffee, but most of all, for his smile, his company, and humor stories. The store had become quite a social spot for his growing gathering of family and friends. But on one fateful day in 1998, my father took ill at the store and wound up in the emergency room, where he was in grave condition. What transpired there was inspiring and nothing short of a miracle that changed his life forever. This is a story that reminds me that each of us is God's pearl of great price. Hi, Dad. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you. Tell me about your um, faith life before 1998. Okay, before 1998, I was just like a dead piece of wood flow with the water. What my dad was saying here was that his faith was pretty much non-existent. He grew up in the Buddhist faith, and he didn't really quite practice it, and he married my mother and had to become Catholic, so he didn't quite have a formation in the Catholic faith. But he had many Catholic friends. A lot of friends asked me to join Tuesday group. Okay. That is a group involved with um, rosary and uh, scripture reading. And how did you respond to them? Not for me. I, I always tell them I'm waiting for the phone to ring. So they all ask me what type of phone. I say phone from upstairs. Mm -hmm. If they ring, I will take it out and I will listen and I will do what the phone tells me to do. <laughs> okay. So the phone did ring for you in 98. Tell us what happened. So in 1998, summer, somewhere in June, I had, I was serving one customer. Yes. yes and and he mm -hmm. was the only customer about 10 o'clock. So everything seemed normal. Then what happened? Okay, I had a, a bit of a stomach upset. Mm -hmm. So I was with a group of friends. So I told them I have to go to the washroom. Mm -hmm. In the washroom, I had blood coming out from me. So you were hemorrhaging? Mm -hmm. I filled the, 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 the toilet with, with blood mm -hmm. and overflowed the, the thing. So I had to, to get up and go out. Okay. But my hands were full of blood, my pants, my shoes, all with blood. Mm -hmm. So I touched, tried to open the door. Before I could touch the door, the door opened on its own. Just to be clear here, my dad now had to make it out of the washroom, through the hallways, separated by three very heavy doors, and make it back to his store, where he would call for help. It's a... It's a regular door with a turn knob. Mm -hmm. You have to use a hand to turn the knob so it will open. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would not open. This is an important part of the story because I know that if you weren't able to get through the doors, you would have just fainted and possibly died. 
Okay. So the door opened, the three doors, all the doors and opened on its own. He finally reached his store, out of breath and still bleeding. So when I sat down, I told the, the, my workers, they pick up the phone, call 911. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that fellow whom I served, mm-hmm. a cup of coffee, and they came in and then pounced my chair and asked me, what's your name, what's your name, what's your name? Mm-hmm. So I said, don't, don't bother me, let me go to sleep. I was tired and sleepy. Mm-hmm. And then the ambulance came, mm-hmm. took me in to the emergency. And in emergency, they gave me three pints of blood. Okay, and then what happened? They sent me downstairs to a dark room mm-hmm. where you have a TV and the, special, the surgeon was there. Mm-hmm. He put a, a tube through my throat, through my mouth, right down to my stomach and said, look, and on the screen, I could see a dark spot there. Okay. Like a growth like that. Mm-hmm. In the, in the stomach. He said, oh, this is a culprit. I'm going to remove it. Mm-hmm. So later on, you came in with Julie. Right. And you pray over me. You only asked me one question. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? That's all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what made me say, I, I, I do believe mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. Yeah, then you say, yes. oh, you you uh, you said there is no operation, and you you uh, there is nothing wrong with you. You'll be okay. I remember saying that to my dad, and I remember feeling it very strongly in my heart that that would happen, but I don't remember really understanding how come those words came from my mouth. Mm-hmm. Then the surgeon six o'clock came to my room to my uh, bed. He said, "Okay, Michael." This is what I'm going to do with you. Mm-hmm. I show you. You have seen what is inside? I said, yes. Uh, he told me I will cut eight inches down, straight mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. and six inches across. Then I open it up and take the growth out from mm-hmm. you. Okay. Then I said, you earlier, when you came in with Judy, you said there is nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You don't need the operation. Mm-hmm. I was not too sure. I was confused. Meanwhile, the operation preparations continues on as scheduled, and the doctor gives instructions to the attending nurse. He said, Sharon, see that Michael don't take anything uh, after 12 tonight. Mm-hmm. Next morning, 6 o'clock, he will be wheeled out to the operating room. I'll be there. So up to this point, we've just learned that my father began to hemorrhage while at work. He then made it back to his store through a long corridor while mysteriously passing easily through three sets of doorways to arrive at his shop. Then he was met by a mysterious stranger whom he had never seen before, and he described him as Middle Eastern who wore a very unique outfit, who literally saved his life. Then he lands himself in in the emergency room, my dad, and receives a prayer from his not-really-practicing Catholic daughter that would challenge anyone's faith. And now he's about to go to surgery. This is pretty dramatic, don't you think? The next morning, Michael tells us that the doctor came back at 6 a.m. in the morning. He walked in. Mm-hmm. He said, Michael, I have good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? Okay. So I said, give me the, the, the bad news. 
At that point, the doctor looks at him and says, You don't need operation. In that moment, my dad said he didn't know what to think. Ah, he said, I see nothing this morning while I review the tape. In the morning before they, 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 they go to the operating theater, all surgeons must look at the tape, what they are going to do. Saw the same tape I saw in the afternoon, right. there was a black growth. The doctor was surprised. So in the, I asked him, I said, doctor, did you really look at the correct tape? He said, yes, your name is on the tape. Mm. I wrote it myself. So in my heart, I said, where did he keep the, the, the tape? Could it be where the magnet is? Yes. It will erase the tape. Mm-hmm. But the doctor said, no, everything is put in the correct place where the tape is concerned. Mm-hmm. He said, now the good news, you have to stay here for six days. During those six days, my dad asked himself so many questions and tried to make sense of what had just happened just recently in his life. Especially, he had to come to terms with the fact that he didn't have to go for an operation. And to make matters more mysterious, this is what happened when his family doctor came to see him. He said, you are done lucky. Only... 20% survived that they had this problem. What he's saying is only 2 out of 10 people survive a massive hemorrhage like this. And that's even before they get to the operation room. It's obvious that something miraculous happened in my dad's case, something that was so inexplicable that he didn't even have to go for surgery. So after he was released from the hospital, my father went back to the store his store, Marvelous Muffins, in the mall, where it all happened. I wet my hand and wet a piece of wet towel. I went into the same toilet where for the staff. I tried to open each door. Mm-hmm. I couldn't open it. One after another, three, three doors I couldn't open with my wet hand. Why did the door open on its own? Then I touch it, it opened. When I touch it, it opened. Now mm-hmm. I try to turn it with my wet hand, I couldn't. For the longest time, my father and I tried to find the answer to the question, but we really couldn't because those doors were no ordinary doors. They were mall doors. They were fire doors, actually. You had to press a button in the knob to open them, and that would have taken a certain amount of exertion. We knew that that could have never have been done because of the condition my father was in when he was trying to run to the store to get some help. I then asked my dad about the mysterious man who he had been serving before the incident, if he had come back at all to the store. No more. I said, do you find him peculiar? He said, yes. I asked my friends. Okay. And I told them that is Nero's outfit. And what do you mean by that, Dad? Prime Minister of India mm. wore when he was in power. So what you're saying is that you've never seen him before, and the clothes that you wore were highly unusual. Wouldn't you expect that if someone came to save your life, if they were local, they would come back to find out how you're doing? These were the questions that went through all our minds. Yeah, that, that's why I thought, well, I might as well learn more about the faith, okay. the religious Catholicism, to, to, to answer all my questions. Hmm. Wow. So your conversion happened really quickly. Did you feel like the Lord was asking you to do something for him? Yes. I do. I do. I know. 
then then is how that's how I went to join the Tuesday group. I know that everyone was very happy that you joined the prayer group. I also know that the illness that you experienced and the miracle that happened to you led you to the Lord, led you in a way that you needed to find out the answers to what had happened, and then that led you to find out more about the faith and more about the Bible. Yeah. Now I have less worry. I I already say say a prayer. I wash the mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. Two masses, in fact, one is 8 o'clock, one is 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we go for the rosary in the church at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we say our own rosary here in the house at 3 o'clock or 3.30 and sometimes at night. Right. So now you, you find yourself praying more, right? Yes. I do. I do. <laughs> so I want to ask you one more question. It's now been 23 years since you've experienced that incident and so much has happened in your life since then. Do you believe that the healing that you received from the Lord was truly a miracle? Yes. I would say we believe in Jesus Christ. Pray, say your prayer. If you can say one Hail Mary a day, Mm -hmm. glory be and our Father, that will be good enough. And also read the scripture. It will enlighten your life. Thank you, Michael, for recording for us your inspiring testimony. I'm so pleased that God gave you a second chance to be with us today, and especially for me and my family. I just want to add one more thing, Dad. I just want to tell you that I love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>